Today's episode is brought to you by Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up? This is your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Welcome to Stuff to Blow Your Mind, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, welcome to Stuff to Blow Your Mind, listener mail. This is Robert Lamb. And this is Joe McCormick. And it's Monday, the day of the week. We read back some messages from the mailbag that you have sent into our show account. Uh, if you've never tried it before, you can get in touch with us at contact at stufftoblowyourmind.com. Whatever you want to send is fair game. If you just want to share something interesting, if you want to have uh, feedback on another episode, or you just want to say hi, uh, tell us your thoughts about the show. Anytime, right in. All right, Rob, I'm going to kick us off today with this message about our series on whistling from Renata. All right, go for it. Renata says, hi, Rob, Seth, and Joe. Sorry for the late response to the whistling episodes. Have you ever wondered how Minnie Ripperton and Mariah Carey hit those glass-shattering high notes? They do it by going into the whistle register, which is physiologically distinct from other sounds made with the vocal cords. As far as I can tell, it's called the whistle register only because it sounds similar to a whistle, but is also physiologically distinct from a whistle. According to uh, miscellaneous YouTube videos, the whistle register is achieved by clamping shut a large portion of your vocal cords and only allowing air through a tiny hole. Apparently, babies and small children make this noise effortlessly when they scream and cry, but something about learning language causes us to find producing this sound less natural as we age. Have I tried doing it? 
Yes. Did it sound mellifluous? No. It also hurt a little afterwards. This makes me all the more impressed with singers who have the practice and control to use this range on a regular basis and make it sound effortless. Thanks for making me think deeply about seemingly mundane topics. Best, Renata. Uh, Renata, yeah, this is interesting. I don't know that much about Mariah Carey, though I think I can hear in uh, her songs kind of going into a a pitch above normal soprano. Uh, But yeah, Minnie Ripperton is great. You can hear her using the whistle register on uh, that single everybody probably knows, Loving You. That's the one with the line, Loving You is easy because you're beautiful. Mm. Uh, Rob, I I attached a link if you're not familiar with this song. But yeah, there is a moment where you can hear her go from kind of regular soprano voice to, to the whistle register that's Kind of hard to describe, except that it is higher than even the normal high singing voice of a soprano singer. And Minnie Ripperton, famous for having a, an extremely wide uh, range of octaves that different notes she could hit. Uh, wh- one thing I didn't realize until I was looking her up just before this, uh, Minnie Ripperton was the mother of the comedian Maya Rudolph. And that's why uh, apparently at the end of the song, Loving You, you hear her sing Maya, Maya, Maya. That's about huh. her, her daughter, Maya Rudolph. Oh, I didn't realize that. I mean, I, I, this is a great song. I'm, I'm familiar with it. And of course, and I, I like Maya Rudolph's work as well. But interesting, huh? Uh, so anyway, thanks for Nada. All right. Here's uh, we received some we received some uh, listener mail from uh, from folks in uh, response to our episode on fun. And so we heard from Jim in New Jersey. Uh, Jim in New Jersey writes it and says, Robert, Joe, and Seth, at the end of your third installment on fun, you mentioned how to make exercise more fun. This reminded me of a Freakonomics episode entitled, When Willpower Isn't Enough. It featured Catherine Milkman, associate professor at the University of Pennsylvania from the podcast. Uh, This is a a, a direct quote from Milkman in in the podcast. Quote, so I struggle at the end of a long day to get myself to the gym, even though I know I should go. And at the end of a long day, I also struggle with the desire to watch my favorite TV shows instead of getting work done. And so I actually realized that those two temptations, those two struggles I face could be combined to solve both problems. Uh, Jim continues, she calls the technique temptation bundling. Milkman continues, quote, what I realized is that if I only allowed myself to watch my favorite TV shows while exercising at the gym, then I'd stop wasting time at home on useless television, and I'd start craving trips to the gym at the end of a long day because I'd want to find out what happens next in my show. And not only that, I'd actually enjoy my workout and my show more combined. I wouldn't feel guilty watching TV, and time would fly while I was at the gym. So when I talk about temptation bundling, I mean combining a temptation, something like a TV show, a guilty pleasure, something that will pull you into engaging in a behavior with something you know you should do but might struggle to do. Jim in New Jersey. Oh, yeah. Thanks, Jim. Uh, This is interesting. And I know we have heard from listeners describing this exact same thing, maybe not with the the terminology of temptation bundling, but telling us that they listen to our show when they, for example, do dishes as a motivation to make themselves do the dishes. I think this is a common thing people do with their podcasts, right? Like you, you set it aside for like when you need to do chores or something else. Yeah, yeah, that's that's interesting. It reminds me a little bit of you know something like flying, where I'm not a huge fan of flying, but sometimes I can get sort of I'll sort of say, well, okay, flying is the time where there's nothing else to do, but to, like I have free license to just to, to, you know to watch something, to play a game on my phone, to read whatever whatever I'm going to do. 
I have license to do it during the flight because it will make the flight easier. It's not quite the same as temptation bundling, I guess. Um, I, my main exercises are swimming and yoga, and it's really it's either not wise or improper to try and temptation bundle any of those things. Um, <laughs> I guess you can get you can get specialized underwater earbuds and so forth to listen to music while while swimming, but I don't think I could really follow a podcast or something or an audio book while swimming. But that's just me. If you fill a swimming pool with sugary soda that you want to drink, but you know you shouldn't, <laughs> and then you take a few gulps while you're doing your laps. I guess so, yeah. <laughs> it's, I guess it, it tends to work better with like stationary uh, exercise equipment, often with that built-in screen, like you were saying. You know, yeah. I think you were talking about watching television preachers or evangelists uh, yeah. <laughs> on the screen there. Um, that's my vice. <laughs> <laughs> but temptation bundling, it's, it's worth, worth thinking about. I like uh, I like this concept. Okay, this next message is also in response to fun, and this is from Lex. Lex says, Joe, Rob, and Seth, loved your episodes on fun and always enjoy listening to the show. I would consider myself a fun aficionado, and your discussion of fun in the workplace reminded me of a previous employer. At this workplace, there was an anonymous person who was designated as the Minister of Fun. While I love the concept, it was not always effective. For example, when there were busy stretches, the Minister of Fun, or MOF, might go silent and thereby add to the collective existential dread of the humdrum of work. Additionally, the activities may not appeal to all members of the team, fostering more division than connectivity. Uh, and, and as you said, the activity may be time or labor intensive, adding to the stress of work. Yeah. It's difficult when you, you're, you're under, under a deadline. And then also somebody's trying to make you play a game. Lex goes on. However, in a less stressful work environment, like the one I'm in now, I think that the value of an anonymous fun master is high. It also removes some of the infantilizing connotations of having the boss force-feed fun. I cannot help but think about Michael Scott strong-arming employees into having fun, of course that's uh, on The Office, uh, like making everyone go to the Dundee Awards Banquet, despite very little genuine interest. Thanks for the hours of fantastic content, Lex. I could see this idea. So it's not that the boss is planning games and stuff. It's a an anonymous, maybe randomly chosen one of the employees whose duty it is to to make some fun that that day. Mm, it is interesting that this. It's mentioned that this is an anonymous person. Yeah. Um. Like it sounds like it's possibly official, but also you could imagine an anonymous minister of fun could almost be like vigilante fun uh, person in, <laughs> yeah. the, in the office and There's that spy, of course yeah. yeah and of course that could be seen as dangerous by uh, the powers that be uh like if, because this is like pure organic fun uh, who is the, the anonymous fun meister who mm. uh is uh, devising what is fun in the office and is that fun like too critical of the mission statement and so forth or it could be like which one which one of us is secretly ratting to the boss that i'm not having fun <laughs> Shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. Rob, as the uh, the local host with allergies here, they sent you some of their nasal spray to treat your allergies. What was your experience like? Yeah, that's right. I always wrestle with the pollen a bit when it rolls in during the spring. So they sent me the little uh, nasal spray. I tried out the product and yeah, it sure did help me get on top of my symptoms for the day. And it's so fast acting. Uh, it was already kicking in before I left the house. 
Astapro is a first-of-its-kind nasal allergy spray. It's the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes, while other allergy sprays take hours. Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. Astapro delivers full prescription-strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to AstaproAllergy.com for a discount so you can get Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O Allergy.com. Astapro and go. Uses directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Today's episode is brought to you by eBay. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then, through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles in a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Today's episode is brought to you by Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast from Ruby Studio in partnership with Intel. Explore the future of technology that's rapidly evolving our world today with the help of AI. There's still so much work and research needed to fully understand the power and potential of AI, and Intel is at the forefront of implementing AI in revolutionary technology that's changing the world we live in for the better. In each episode, Graham interviews the minds transforming medicine and healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more while pioneering new uses for AI in these spaces. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by Visible. If you haven't heard of Visible, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon, just $25 a month, every month, taxes and fees included. Having a one-line plan means you only need you to save. No estranged roommates, exes, cousins twice removed, or AI-powered humanoid robots needed. And because $25 a month really means $25 a month, you can call, text, stream, whatever, as much as you want without worrying about getting dinged at the end of the month. No hidden fees, no surprises. No, really. It's like the old saying goes, you can't judge a book by its cover, but you can judge a company by its name. So spread the word. Tell all your friends there's a wireless company out there with transparency in their name, and they're called Visible. Start saving on wireless today at Visible.com. 
Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. All right, this next one comes to us from Adam. This one's in response to uh, both our fun episode episodes and the paragraphs episodes. Uh, Adam writes, hi, Robert and Joe. I love your show because I'm uh, consistently excited that you are covering a topic that I myself would want to cover if I had my own podcast. So thank you for letting me outsource my curiosity to you. It's an excellent hands. I'm reaching out because I am able to share a book recommendation based on one of your conversations in the paragraph part two. Robert mentioned the short story collection, The Voice Imitator, by the brilliant um, Austrian novelist Thomas Bernhardt who is known for extended paragraphs. I particularly love his novels Gargoyles, 224 pages, uh, Wittgenstein's Nephew, 106 pages, and The Loser, 190 pages. If I'm not mistaken, all consist of singular unbroken paragraphs. Joe said that he dreaded the idea of reading never-ending chunks of prose, but Bernhardt turns this horror into a form of art that is truly transcendent if you have the patience and commitment to taking the work on its own terms. That's fascinating. I really, this is a book that had been on my shelf for a while, and I, I had not picked it up in a while, and I hadn't really looked into the author um, uh, beyond the voice imitator. So uh, this, is, this is interesting to learn a little bit, little bit more about this, uh, this author. It's not just a choice for that work. It's like a consistent style for this guy. Yeah, got to respect that. All right, um, Adam continues here. On another note, I was thinking about what makes creative work fun when I was listening to your episode on the topic in your The Nature of Fun episodes. And for me, Monty Python immediately comes to mind. In particular, I frequently recall particular scenes that bring a smile to my heart, such as the bridge of death scene in the Holy Grail. Your comment about humor deriving often from the resolution of incongruities in the psyche resonated with me and helped me understand why I keep going back to it in my mind. They take a trope answering riddles to avoid supernatural death and bridge trolls of fairy tale lore and turn it on its head. The central incongruity concerns the difficulty of the questions. Comically, Sir Galahad can't answer the simple third question about his favorite color. Later, author's third question about the airspeed velocity of an unladen swallow seems impossible, but then the role is reversed uh, when he knows more about sparrows than the Riddler, who then is hoisted by his own petard, paying the price for his own hypocritical ignorance. There's so much going on here, but 12-year-old me only got about 40% of it on a conscious level. All I knew was it was a ton of fun that I could keep returning to as my friends and I called back to it in our in-jokes repeatedly for years. Getting back to your thoughts about incongruity, this joke is a masterpiece in that it has multiple twists and turns that create a spring-loading effect that pays off fantastically well when the incongruities are resolved by the bridgekeeper's death, which follows the deaths of Robin and Sir Galahad. But one incongruity remains unresolved. What is the airspeed velocity of an unladen African swallow, and how does it compare to that of the European variety? We may never know. Thanks for the amazing work you guys do week in and week out. Adam. I think you're right about all that, uh, Adam. That scene's a, a classic for a reason. It is is almost a, a perfectly structured piece of comedy. All right, we got another message about our episodes on the paragraph. This is from somebody who wants to defend the honor of the pilcrow as a, as a useful symbol. Uh, and it's from a listener who wanted to remain anonymous. She asked simply to be called a woman in STEM, uh, I think because she ends up uh, uh, potentially implicating her boss in this message. So 
listener says, I love the show. Uh, I've been listening for nearly a decade now. You are the only original show I'm still auto-downloading, so I hope you know how special that makes you. Sorry this is lagging so far behind the topic, but here goes. On paragraphs in the workplace, in a business environment, my three favorite paragraphs each consist of one word. Yes, no, and okay. And then in this next paragraph, I think this is referring to the conversation we had about how a lot of good writing uh, doesn't just explain what the author thinks, but shows you how the author thinks. So it kind of takes you along a path of the author getting to a thought within their own brain. Uh, but uh, this listener here says, bad writing also sadly displays the author's thinking, however, rambling, disordered, and oblivious to the interest, need, or expertise level of the reader, and a complete lack of respect for the reader's time. I suffer a barrage of daily emails from one or more co-workers guilty of all the above sins, combined with a refusal to edit, and and ego sufficient to believe anyone cares what they think based on the list of CC is generally attached. Unfortunately, I report to one of the offenders, so I cannot just ignore them completely. Yeah, there, I think there are a lot of jobs where the the email is copious and uh, and and not as well edited as it could be. But the message goes on. I wanted to close with a defense of the humble pill crow symbol in Word. Remember, this is the symbol uh, that denotes a paragraph break. If you have accidentally turned it on and desperately tried to turn it off, you are not its intended audience. But as someone who makes their living converting random text documents into data, it is invaluable. Definitely it identifies where the line breaks are with paragraph marks, but it does much more. Turning the Pilcrow symbol on has helped me identify hidden white space, weird extra characters, and all sorts of surprise nonsense that is sometimes lurking unseen in documents that can be treated as text. These extra symbols inhibit your ability to uh, treat portions of text as data fields. This is very important for any business process that churns out the same file format over and over that is then written to individual files. Only a computer has time to read all the files and find all the matching data fields, store them in a database, and produce a nice usable summary report for the end users. And then if you read this on air, please call me a woman in STEM since I called out my boss and don't know who else at the office might be listening. Looking forward to listening for another decade or more. Uh, a woman in STEM. <laughs> uh, so yeah, thanks for the message. I can absolutely see how, you know, I think the story was that uh, I remember that time it, it, when I was a kid and I accidentally turned on the paragraph markers on, on Microsoft word. And then I was like, ah, what, what are all these symbols? But yeah, if you, if you're trying to avoid confusion and make sure you're just getting the, the relevant text and not extra stuff, that's, that's very helpful. All right. This next one comes to us from Keith. When it has and it has the title crabs, uh, you know we we frequently come back to crabs on the show. We we love a good crab story. We love uh, crab movies and and uh, so forth. Uh, so Keith writes in and says, first time, long time. I've been saving up some Pokemon comments for when I had a nice uh, cash to send you, but I just got knocked off my feet by House of the Dragon. So I'll drop one right now. When I listened to your crab series, the hairy crabs excited me because they must have been an inspiration for the Pokemon Crabominable. Uh, and then there's a picture attached here. You can pull this up. You can also look up Crabominable in uh, various Pokemon databases. And it is indeed a, uh, a beautiful beast. I don't think I've asked my son about this one, but uh, yeah, be beautiful, beautiful creature here. Woolly crab Pokemon is the species. 
But does this crab not have claws? That where the claws would be, I see like almost what looks like flowers with a kind of ball in the middle. Well, so many of these creatures, they are uh, hybrids. Uh, you uh-huh. know, they are monsters. They are pocket monsters at the end of the day, and therefore they, there are a lot of chimeras in the mix. I would have concerns about putting this creature in my pocket. <laughs> anyway, they continue. I, I do wish that the in-game explanations were as interesting as the real crabs, but I suppose it is a game designed to keep kids engaged, not adult nerds. House of the Dragon, on the other hand, is very much not for kids. And spoiler light, episode two begins with a horrifying shot of humans being eaten alive by crabs as the surf licks their legs. It's gnarly stuff, so view at your own risk. But I was curious about your take on the prospect. These crabs even seem to nestle in the flesh of their victims. I have been a fan since the days when Christian was a co-host, and I love how you keep the show fresh and exciting all these years in. Thanks for all the content and movie recommendations, Keith. Thanks, Keith. Always welcome more crab content. People out there, you got interesting stuff about crabs? Send it on in. Well, I am current on House of the Dragon. I've been watching it. And yes, uh, there. this is not really a spoiler uh, at all, but there is a character that's introduced that is like a pirate lord that's threatening the realm, and is, he's called the Crab Feeder. And he's mm-hmm. this um, horrific-looking individual with like copious uh, sunburns and also this weird mask. Uh, mysterious, you don't know much about him. But after they defeat uh, a particular enemy, they stake everybody to the shore, uh, like basically like crucifying them in some cases, and they let the crabs crawl on them. Sometimes wow. dump a few crabs on them just to be sure, and the crabs start eating them. So uh, the question did occur to me, because we've talked about crabs uh, eating people before. That's the kind of show we, we, we are. And um, so I, I was wondering, it's like, well, would crabs really be up for this or would they be turned off uh would they would they be far more inclined to eat these people after they had died yeah. um, I, I i tend to think that's the case yeah i would tend to think crabs in the real world uh tend to be more uh scavengers than than hunters of large prey i mean when they are hunters i think they're they're grabbing at stuff smaller than them i don't know for sure but it seems very unlikely to me that that crabs would be trying to eat like a a human-sized animal that was capable of moving. Yeah. So unless there's a specialized species or array of species uh, in Westeros, um, I would tend to say that this is just uh, some some grotesque, uh, fantastic dreaming here. But I love that they included it. It was still, it's, it's at the end of the day, it's crabs eating people. So it's, it's kind of fun. Um, and it's a good year for that sort of thing because Season three of Love, Death, Robots has a wonderful episode, a horrific episode titled Bad Traveling uh, that, uh, that is centered around a monstrous crab uh, that takes over a ship. So if you like your crab monsters, you, especially your talking crab monsters, that's definitely an episode to check out. That one, uh, I believe, um, was uh, yeah, it's based on a short story by Neil Asher. And uh, it was adapted, uh, the screenplay was adapted by Andrew Kevin Walker. So that's pretty cool. All right, on that crab note, we will go ahead and close out this episode of Stuff to Blow Your Mind Listener Mail. But we'd love to hear from you out there. Do you have crab-related thoughts to past episodes of Stuff to Blow Your Mind? Crab-related thoughts to Weird House Cinema? Uh, Crab-related thoughts to any of our episodes? Write in. We'd love to hear from you. And we'll read uh, your, uh, your email on a future episode of Stuff to Blow Your Mind uh, crab-based listener mail. 
Huge thanks, as always, to our excellent audio producer, Seth Nicholas Johnson. If you would like to get in touch with us with feedback on this episode or any other, to suggest a topic for the future, or just to say hello, you can email us at contact at stufftoblowyourmind.com. Stuff to Blow Your Mind is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts are wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Today's episode is brought to you by Visible. The future of wireless is here, and it's transparent. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Just $25 a month, every month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees, no surprises, no, really. What are you waiting for? Get with the times and switch to Visible at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Plus. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more.